Welcome to the most forward-thinking, inspirational podcast on the planet. Prepare to reevaluate everything you've been taught. gentlemen welcome back to the mental mastery alliance podcast this is our first podcast of the year it was supposed to come out earlier um but hey life got on the way uh in ontario we still have these ridiculous fun and enjoyable covid mandates so the first two weeks of the year uh, school didn't go back in uh, i became an uncle full-time <laughs> for a long time. So that kind of threw a wrench into things, but not really because it's a really neat opportunity and a good spot that I find myself in where um, in a pinch, I can be called upon. There's not a lot of people that have that opportunity or that that luxury as as an individual, as an uncle. Um, and I'm sure it's really helpful to my sister as well. When you know, everybody goes back to work and the kid's just standing there going, uh, what am I supposed to do with myself? Well, I fill in uh, and that's enough about that, but that's a lot of fun. So it's not exactly all there. Uh, it's a good, it's a good spot. It's a good spot to be, and I'm really happy to be there. I'm sorry that I was delayed. I'm rambling now, and probably rambling because I'm really excited, really excited about today's guest. Today we have, and this is a person I wanted to get on uh, earlier. I want to say earlier, I'm talking about. I wanted her to be on the first. We wanted to go on the first, but again, life got in the way, and it didn't happen that way. Secondarily, my last guest of last year, um, life got in the way on that one too. So we're going to do a flip flop. She comes on. 
My first guest of the year comes on before my last guest of last year. And that's kind of fun. We have with us today uh, a lady, a woman, uh, a masterpiece uh, that we had on almost a year ago to the day. Uh, and this woman uh, we came across on Instagram. We, we, we connected with, or she connected with us, and, and it was instant kismet. I shouldn't say instant. There's a fun story that we'll probably get into on that as well. But she, uh, there was an energy about her that I felt right at the gate and right away was um, something different, something, something powerful. Uh, the caption, the simple caption that I wrote was a great conversation with the future Hall of Famer. And that was a year ago. Uh, we are a year later and she has completely launched everything that she's doing. She's getting off the ground. She's as raw as it comes. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you do remember episode 123, if you don't go back and listen to it again, because it is entertaining. One year later, we have with us once again, Amber Foreman. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me back. Well, I mean, we've been we've been in pretty solid contact, but well, absolutely, you are um, you're one of the people now that I'm working with on a on a weekly basis. Uh, you are yes. um, just uh, an all round champion, and it's funny because it sounds like I'm blowing smoke when I say these things, but I'm absolutely not. There is there's so much about you, and if anyone does reach out to you, they'll they'll sense it right away. They'll pick up on it, and. It's a matter of time before clients start reaching out to you, start trying to you know, connect with you and work with you and, and, and pick your brain and, and be able to do the things that you do, the things that you take for granted, the things that you don't even notice. They'll, they'll want to know what's going on with that. Um, I mean, it's already yeah, happened. Yeah. Um, you froze on your side. I don't know if I'm frozen for you. Um, yeah. I, I'm sure I've been a little bit of a firecracker to work with for sure. Um, do you guys, we got back connection? No, you're good. You good? You're good. I'm leaving this okay. in. I'm not going to edit this out. End. Yeah, no. As far as I'm <laughs> concerned, I, there was a bit of a chop there, but yeah. Uh, no, you're yep. fine. So, yeah, I've, I'm not a, I'm not an easy person to work with. I'm a firecracker and life comes at me quick, but I think I handle it pretty quick. And for the most part, I might go a little crazy here and there, but hey, don't we all? <laughs> I think so. And, and, and to anyone that says that they don't, I mean, it's bullshit really. Um, yeah. And when I came into, when I ran into you and we, when we first connected, I can't, there's words can't even begin to describe like how fucked my life was at that moment. Right. And I was keeping it all above, above the surface. Like I ever out to anybody watching, I had it somewhat under control. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as what was really going on, I was just like, fuck you. Fuck having to deal with you. Fuck having to deal with you. Everybody ha- handles their own shit. I'm tired. I can't deal with your shit anymore to almost everybody around me. Right. And choosing myself. And so I felt really empowered in the process of doing it, but I was out of control. Like I, yeah, <laughs> I was um, backed into a corner and fighting furiously to get out of that corner. And no. you just kind of came in and well, it was brought, work out. You brought me in. You brought me in. <laughs> um, but looking back on it now, would you say that you were backed into a corner or that you put yourself in a, in a, a, a Kobayashi Maru, a no win scenario? Um, a little bit of both. A little. I mean, there was a lot of things that maybe I had been conditioned by societal norms or what the expectations are as within families that I felt like I had to do what I was doing, but also 
I was having a severe lack of boundaries and standing up for myself whatsoever. So I did allow myself fully to end up in the position that I was in, whether or not I had anything, any control over what was pushing me there. No, but I did allow myself to be pushed into that corner. Well, does that make sense? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. And 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 why I wanted you back on the show was just to talk about, just to talk about the progress and 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 how well you've done. Um, not so much um, like how well you've basically managed to 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 turn what once was chaos into basically a streamline, like a really good podcast. You know, you're connecting. Aside from some um, uh, lost limbs, you know, it's been <laughs> it's been a year. I mean, you've gone through some crazy stuff, and and this whole year has been it's been very fast. It's it's hard to believe that it was a year ago you were on. The I know. It, and when you think about it that way, like it's really hard to believe that. But I mean, you know, we've done some great work, but you've done some outstanding work. And this is this is one of the, the recurring themes that I love on this podcast is all you got to do is fucking get up and go. Just just do it. Just get up and start. Just start. And you you were nowhere uh, when it comes to where you are now with regards to the profession that you're in and the speaking engagements that you're in. I mean, you recently had people reach out to you that want to build you a, a, a warehouse, a, stop, a shop, a studio. Like this is, yeah. you know, this is one of those things where, where if you keep putting your foot forward and if you keep doing you know, what you feel is right, good things happen. Yeah. And, and that's, oh, sorry. Yeah. Not and to cut just, you off, uh, finish your thought. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is normally how it goes, ladies and gentlemen. That's all right by me. Again, I'm not going to edit these things out because everyone thinks that everything is port polished and everything is a super easy going and, and no flawed, you know, podcast or anything like that, or I can't do that, or I can't do this, or everything needs to be perfect before I can get started or get going. What's your take on that? Explain your journey from, okay, the, the gear arrived. Thankfully, I've got the right gear. The gear arrived. I'm going to record my first episode. To where you are now. Are you at episode 15 or 16 right now? Yeah, I'm actually working on, I think, 16 and 17 to put them out simultaneously because they go hand in hand. Perfect. Um, but we also, I knew going into this that I had a message that I'd been, because I had gone through so much shit that I knew you could get through it. And I knew I had been helping a lot of people through through shit. And so it was my way of like taking a step back and going, I still want to be able to help everybody without putting that weight directly on me. And the podcast in a way was for me to amplify my voice and be available to people as they needed to be available to them rather than, you know, they could tune into these little tidbits of wisdom here and there when they are ready for it and it's available and they don't have to it's it's just those people in the corners that I'm trying to talk to who really need help getting being seen, just being right. seen. They don't necessarily want to have a voice. They just want to be like, I'm I'm here. And I mean, not necessarily that a voice, but I mean an amplified voice. You know, oh, it's something to something to associate with, and and it's true. Like I mean, yeah. I can I can equate. Here, here we go. Here's a, here's a fun one. I'll equate your podcast to church when. <laughs> When when the pastor's up there speaking on a sermon, you know, no matter what you're doing in your in your life in your day, and you go and you and you attend this, and I know I did plenty of time in church, and I like it. I like the message. I don't care much for the for the you know the stuff that goes in behind the church and what it represents, but I, I enjoy the fact that you can go somewhere and hear a story and hear somebody tell a story. Um, and and it's really interesting because no matter what story they choose to tell on the day that you go, there's a lot of times, like nine out of ten times, you can correlate it back to yourself. 
So what's really neat about your podcast and about your message and about how you choose to speak is that it's almost a sermon in that sense where what you're talking about in any given episode is what you need to talk about, what you want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Anyone that happens to tune in to that episode gets a free speech, gets a free sermon. And it's not like you're preachy. And I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that anyone that listens to the way you do your show and the way you podcast, they have an opportunity to really, truly look inside. Even if, you know, they'll correlate to the words that you're saying or the stories that you're telling or the way that you're telling them. Um, And it's, it's, anyone can take anything from any one of your episodes is what I'm saying. The way you do do it so well, it's almost like you've been doing it forever. When in theory you have, because you were one-on-one helping all these individuals, either solicited or unsolicited, and now you're, now you're helping yourself, you're speaking your message, you're speaking your terms, and you're sharing it with the world. So anyone at anywhere can tune into the Garage Therapy Podcast and just jam out and listen to what you have to say. Yeah. And I, I thank you. I really appreciate that. It's, um, it's almost like half, most of my podcasts are podcasts, rather are really me still trying to work through what I'm going through mm-hmm. and doing it out loud. And, and they say that was, the best coach in the world, the best person to learn from is somebody who's two lessons ahead of you. Yep. Right? I'm, and I'm, I'm still figuring it all out. Right. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking grand scheme of life, right. I'm a parent and I'm winging it as my kids go to a different age. I'm like, I don't know how to parent a preteen and I don't know how to parent this particular preteen, but I'm going to figure it out. Right. Or I don't know how to do this podcast, but I'm going to figure it out because I know that I have a voice that is worth listening to every once in a while. And if nothing else, it gives me my own voice. Right. And I needed that. That's, and, one, of the, that's one of the biggest therapeutic things that people don't understand is there's so much that we think. Like we think that we're speaking to them. We think that we need to share this message. But the truth is, we're saying what we need to say for us to understand what we need to say. And those that need to, or that do resonate with us will find us. Those that don't will give us 10 seconds and butter off. So yeah. Your audience and your true core are, are people that are aligned with your message because it's, it's you talking to you at the end of the day and you doing what you need to do for you at the end of the day. And that's, that's a huge thing. So many people are lost in this idea that they need to speak for the people, speak for the masses, say the things that the masses need to hear. And that's so wrong. You need to say what you need to say, and you just need to be open with it. You need to get it out and just, yeah. just say it. Whoever wants to listen can listen. Whoever doesn't want to listen can bugger off. <laughs> exactly. And it's not for everybody. I mean, we go, I will, I hard hit on things because I'm hard on myself. I'm very hard on myself and I expect a lot out of myself. And so when I rationalize or try to understand the experiences that I go through in my life and try to apply them and take the lessons that I can and apply it. I'm very hard on myself and I will force myself to consider multiple perspectives in a very direct way. And that translates onto our podcast, but I'm, I'm liking it. It's not going to be for everybody. It's for people who are ready and willing to receive the help and want to make changes. Or they just want to hear a good story. Yep. I mean, at the end of the day, you tell, <laughs> tell a story. Thank uh, you. And that's you know, and that's that that's that's one of the things that you know that a lot of people lack. They lack they they lack the ability to tell a story, um, because they lack the ability to talk to themselves. And one thing you do not lack is the ability to talk to yourself. You hammer out your own details inside your own head and out loud and audibly and in people's faces all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. <laughs> 
I don't think that there are any good or bad things. Honestly, I think there's just a whole spectrum of perspective. Um, yeah. But what would you, what, what, what kind of advice would you give to somebody now that you're, you know, I mean, 17 episodes may not seem like a lot to some people. Uh, and there are some podcasts that knock out, you know, a hundred episodes in a year. Um, but you're, you know, you're definitely a quality podcaster. So it's not like you're, you're not knocking out little five minute blurbs. You could, there might be one or two, but you know, each one of your episodes is a hitter. So Thank you. what's, you know, what, what do you think that, you know, what do you think that, you, what kind of advice would you give somebody that's, that's literally just starting out or getting going with, with a dream, with a desire, um, where you are, the, the struggles, the sort of shit that you figured out before to now, um, on top of that secondary and follow-up question, where do you see yourself going with this? So what advice would I give to somebody? Um, know your intention and know yourself well. And go in with the mindset that not everybody is going to understand you and that's okay. And not everybody is going to agree with you and that's okay. But you still have a valid voice. And also going in with a mindset of it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to be wrong and it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to make an idiot of yourself every once in a while. That's what's human. Yep. But ultimately it is very freeing to step outside of yourself enough to be able to see yourself. And that's what podcasting does for me. It's hard. It's challenging as fuck. It's not an easy thing. I mean, I've, I've had, I've recorded so many podcasts that I listen back and I'm completely not who I want to be representing myself to be. But I still put those out there anyway, because I want my audience and the people that I'm speaking to, to see the growth and to grow with me. Um, And so stepping out in that vulnerability and leaning into that uncomfortable space going, I might be misunderstood. People might think whatever they're going to think of me, but I know my story. And I know if people will even give me the opportunity to hear me out for one or two episodes or three, they'll start to get a vibe for who I am. Right. And the more I did it, the more I realized I don't care if people don't understand me. Those people are not for me to talk to. And that's not my, that's not my weight to pick up. Does it suck a little bit? You want everybody to love you, right? Everybody wants to be liked and to be seen for their purest intentions. But the reality is, is people are received, received based on the person, the receiver's trauma mindset. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you have to be okay with that. And it's very empowering. So that advice for anybody else is lean into that discomfort. Be confident with your message and your intention. And if you know you're doing good things, the rest is going to fall where it's going to fall. But you know yourself well enough to let it roll off your shoulders. It's a, now, huge, it's a huge thing for sure to... to um, uh, be able to speak your mind and not quote unquote worry or think about what other people say, think or do. I know that when I was getting started, I was worried about maybe pissing people off or, or no, people knowing that I was talking about them in scenarios. Uh, now I don't really worry about that because um, like personally, um, I think that, you know, those who are listening to my show, I'm not speaking about any one person. I, I am definitely speaking about scenarios, uh, but I've changed from, you know, a style of, 
this happened, this happened, and this happened, and this is how I feel about it, to these are the possibilities of things that can happen. And these, this is, you know, some, a few things that I've experienced, and these are the things that I've, I've worked towards afterwards. Yeah, you uh, zoomed out a little bit further. Yeah. And I know, so basically it's like broadening the story. Like I know that you had an issue with that as well. I know a lot of people have an issue with worrying about first off who's listening to them. And, and when it comes to podcasting, when it comes to speaking or starting a new message or doing anything, like if you've been in corporate your whole life and you want to just work for yourself and, and podcast and have a message and talk and connect with people, um, it's, it's, it's night and day, you know? And I know, like you were saying before, it's like, it's awkward for you to be like, I don't, there are things I don't want to talk about because I don't want other people knowing or hearing or listening. Do you think that you're at 17 episodes in, do you think that you're on the precipice of, of dismissing that mindset? Absolutely. Yep. And part of it, let's be real. There's a lot of things that I want to discuss that don't just impact me. They impact, we have a lot of really great things that we've been through, not great things that we've been through in our marriage, but things that we've made it through that people are really struggle with. And we want to talk about those, those things. So there was also a level of respecting relationships that I care about enough to being like, are you okay with putting this out to the world and talking about it so we can hopefully benefit others? Um, so as much as I've been working with you, I've also been working with my, my own little group of people going, we have these collective really hard experiences that we've all made it through. Right. Yes, it's hard and it's, there's shame, a, st- a stigma of shame as- attached to a lot of it. But we've made it through that. We are the statistic of people who don't make it. And we there's power in harnessing that and stepping into that vulnerability. And it's a very scary place to be, but I am on the verge of just saying, fuck it all. Like every, so many people go through the exact same shit. We just don't talk about it. That's right. We're told that it's that's personal. You're supposed to just handle shit on your own. And that's why we're in the problems we're in, is people can't handle everything. You need support. You need outside perspective. You need someone to talk to. And we've been conditioned as a society to handle it all alone. To suck it up. Yep. So my my big goal with my podcast is to not unleash everybody's inner emotion, but to address it right. and to hopefully start healing and becoming a point a point of emotionally and logically balanced individuals where we can rely on each other and we can talk to each other, but not over overburden each other with our shit. You know what I'm saying? hundred percent. And this is, you know, this is one of those things where, you know, I know that you've, you've done so much counseling, you've done so much marriage counseling and you've done all this stuff and you're working on issues and you've lived through some crazy shit as a, as a married entity, like the two of you. Yeah. Um, And, and, Again, to any of anyone listening right now that's going through any sort of marital issues, uh, she is a woman that you could absolutely reach out to. You could pick her brain, uh, the Grudge Therapy Podcast, over on Instagram. Uh, you can check her out, uh, talk to her, and, and 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 of all the people, you know, there aren't too many people that I trust with issues, um, or or would even give two shits about their opinion. And that's not meant to be arrogant or ignorant. We spoke earlier about boundaries. Uh, I, my boundaries are up. They used to be walls. They used to be defense walls. They're now boundaries, proper boundaries. I tore down yeah. all my walls, opened everything up uh, and put up boundaries. So now there's some gates and, and around those gates, it's landmines. You watch out, you know, <laughs> but so I am protected. I do have my boundaries, but, but uh, the walls are down and, and that, 
you know, I see the same thing that's happened, you know, with you, you are, you know, your, your security defenses, you've got, you've got sharks with uh, lasers on their heads swimming around your moat, but your walls are down. And that, that's yeah. really cool to see too. That's really cool to see like that growth and that sort of thing. I mean, I mean the shit that you went through, I, I don't know. Do you, I, I'm interested. I, I'd love to share the finger story. I don't know if you want to share that story. Oh, Jim cutting his finger off. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we all right. Talk about that. So, you know, of all the things that you were going through, you know, you, you were, you were trying to wrestle um, virtually everything, wifehood, motherhood, podcasting, um, Jim starting a new, uh, a new profession and Jim's being the husband in this scenario, yep. uh, starting a new profession, walking away from a career that was, you know, a 401k, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the stress of finance, the stress of this, the stress of that, basically rebuilding everything, the world, the way the world was on your shoulders. And then yep. once he finally does get underway, all he loses about and he cuts his finger off. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was, I mean, to for people who don't know, my husband is a combat veteran with severe PTSD. And we have been actively working on his mental health, but it all came to a head this year. And right after about four or five months after Adam and I started working together, he it just all imploded essentially. And um, we've been very open about this on my podcast. We talk about it in episode seven, I think. Help wanted is the name of the episode. But um, in that moment, I was forced to choose between my husband's life and a stable career and a stable life. And what do we do here in this situation? Do we throw it all to the wind and pay attention and really work on rebuilding our mental health and we can rebuild whatever we lose? Or do you keep doing working at a job that's making you want to kill yourself? And then what future do we have? And so we did. We threw it all to the wind, all in the middle of me trying to oh, start this podcast and write a book and kind of s- spread my own wings, if you will, um, to figure out what I wanted to do. But through all of that, Jim started doing some woodworking and working with a master woodworker and learning luthery, learning to build guitars. And that's been a really therapeutic thing for him and good. Um, and going, I think I want to go toward building a career in this instance and then he what called me one day or i got a call from the guy that he was working with one day and said hey we're on our way to the hospital jim caught his hand on the table saw and i just like and that was it that was the phone call no description of what was going on i just kind of heard jim in the background being like i got my hand i got him i got him got to the and i was just terrified because at this mind mindset i'm going we're reopening trauma one way or the other he's been making all this progress and this is a major setback and driving to the hospital i was so stiff and so i was i was stiff i was very stiff from the 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 tremors going through my body not knowing what i was about to walk into not only physically but emotionally and i had about three miles i recognized how bad i was shaking when i I stopped at a red light and I let go of my steering wheel and my hands just were just trembling. And I had three miles to just calm myself down and breathe through it, get there and be the support person. And Jim ended up losing a finger. They amputated it right there in the room in front of, in front of us. And they they amputated what happened? (laughs) The doctor came in, the doctor came in, the surgeon came in and 
told us that he wasn't able to save one of his fingers. And the other one that we didn't realize from the top didn't look like it was damaged. The bottom side, it was completely hamburgered. It was completely gone. It had ripped out all the tendons, all the muscle, the blood vessel. Oh, sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. Love the graphic. Um, <laughs> but weren't but, they were understaffed too, and you had to get in there and, and yeah, yeah. They so we're in there, and they're they get in and they, they're amputating his finger, which I was not prepared for at all. I thought he was going in for surgery, that they were going to try to repair his hand. I still was in this belief that they could save the fingers and reattach them. Mm-hmm. So mentally, I had prepared myself to get Jim through the emergency room into surgery and then we could calm down we go into the hospital the surgeon walks in goes okay we're just going to take this off right here and i'm going to just piece this together and we'll see if we can save it later i don't think we can save it and they start scrubbing up right there and they they started doing everything and all of a sudden they look up and they're both their hands are covered in blood they needed some help and he goes, isn't there someone out in the hall? The surgeon turned to his CNA and, and said, isn't there someone out there that can come and help? I need another assistant. And she goes, there's no one else here. We're short-staffed. And they both looked up at me and they said, well, you're helping grab that stuff. And I was, so I had to just completely have a out-of-body experience. right? I had to separate the fact that this was a hand that I recognized. I had to focus on making sure that Jim wasn't passing out. He was awake for all of this. He had no pain medication or no blockers because of a medication he's on for his PTSD. They wouldn't even give it to him. And it was just a crazy traumatic experience, but we were laughing about it. This is one of those experiences where, you know, they they talk about how the kid gets trapped under the car and the mom's got Superman strength and she picks the car up. (laughs) Everything that you're going through in your life. And then this gets, you know, this gets added to the pile, not like thrown at you specifically. It's, you know, Jim's finger, but it's, there's more trauma for you to handle, you know? Yeah. And why I wanted that story to be told was just, there are so many people going through so many things uh, and they, and they don't think that, you know, they can keep going. They don't think that, you know, it's fair. You know, there's so many, there's so many traumas that people are living and there isn't one trauma that's more than anybody else's trauma no. uh, to say that, Oh, you're only going through that. Well, I went through this. I mean, that's the kind of shit that, that keeps us separated and divided. Every single person's trauma is a rightful trauma for them to experience. What yeah. you choose as the listener of the individual's trauma to do with it, that's up to you. That, 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 that depends on the kind of person that you decide you want to be. Um, yeah, absolutely. But your story, I mean, your story is one of, it's, it's a continuation. It's, it's a constant, there's always something interesting. Whenever you and I get on the phone, it's like, what's going on today? You know? And, <laughs> and it's always, it's always something interesting and fascinating and, and sometimes it's weird and, and scary, like fingers getting cut off. Other times it's it's interesting, like like bigger name podcasts reaching out to you, you know, excited to collaborate and work with you and all that sort of stuff. I mean, there's always there's always a, a really interesting thing, a, something a motivational thing, a, a piece that that is just like okay, so today's a new day. What's coming today? You know. Yeah. And, and when the majority of the world has a hard time understanding or handling themselves. Uh, day to day and and being able to look at the big picture when you, when you sit back now and you take a look at where you were, what you've done over the past year and where you think you're going, you know, when you start really looking at your big picture, do you find yourself more calm recently or, or how do you, you know, how does your big picture look to you now moving forward? 
Um, it almost feels inevitable. And whether or not good answer. <laughs> it looks like <laughs> it looks like what I think it looks like. I feel like where I'm headed, I'm I'm already on that track. Right. And that doesn't mean I'm not going to get stuck in mud pits or I'm not going to have to come to a fork in a road in the future that I'm going to have to make decisions. But I know that I'm on the right path. And when I arrive at that destination, I'll know that that's where I was headed. And, and I'm okay path, with that. Um, the mud pass that you were speaking of, people are like, well, I don't want to hit the mud pass, but like literally that's the journey. Like we are on our way right now to this mud path to learn the lessons that we need to learn to yep. get over to this path over here. Yeah. And, and I can, I can relate that back to Jim, even cutting his finger off. Right. Um, that taught us so much about how his brain processes trauma because it not only triggered nightmares back to war, it triggered so many different trauma memories that were just associated with blood or with medical or anything like that. It caused dreams, it caused nightmares. And in doing that, it taught us so much about the trauma brain mm -hmm. and to identify what's going on and that certain patterns you can't, your brain just has to discharge that energy. Um, so even though we're still dealing with that and he still isn't healed and has to go back in for another surgery, we've learned to become okay with what that experience was here to teach us. It's still hard. It's still a trial. There's still ups and downs with it, but it had so much more potency and wisdom to offer us that as soon as we were able to take our step outside of the actual experience and feeling sorry and, and dealing with what was blowing up in your face, as soon as we could take a step back, we saw the lesson and it all made sense. Still doesn't make it easy, but it makes it make sense. And for you as somebody who has helped uh, not only your husband, but countless uh, veterans, friends of your husband's and all that sort of stuff deal with things. <laughs> when you mentioned earlier trauma brain and knowing the difference between trauma brain and, you know, brain brain, <laughs> what, uh, and when you stop dying over there, Sorry. what, um, <laughs> what would you share? Like, what do you think, I would say like the question being like, do you, you know, what correlations did you make after watching somebody who is susceptible to heavy traumas relive like in front of you, a massive trauma? Do you think that it helped you at all or, or helped you understand him, your situation, other people's situations? Was there a way yeah. for you to, to strengthen your position based on, on his watching him react, having watched him react with his brain for the past five years and then watching him react to this massive trauma. Did yeah. It, I, mean, um, it, I don't know if I'm coming across clear on this one, but no, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. It helped me easily. It was so easy because we were, we have come so far in our communication. So we were aware that we were We were both experiencing trauma. And so after he cut his finger off, we were actively talking about what we were feeling. We were sitting every night and doing mental check-ins and kind of asking him how he felt, how he was, how I was feeling, you know, how, what was going on mentally. But what it showed me is where there was a nervous system breakdown. So even though he was cognitively aware of what was going on, his body and nervous system was so used to reacting in a certain way that it was going to follow that trauma response one way or the other. So even in his cognitive and his emotional brain, he was calm and he was aware and he had a good perspective on it. His body still had built up all this energy. 
And we had to figure out a way for that to discharge. That's what it taught us big time. So you do have to heal the physical body as much as you do the emotional one. Right. And it taught him how to identify, how to better identify when his nervous system is physically out of whack and when he does need to figure out a way to discharge the energy, the, the physical energy, not necessarily the emotional, but you have that flight or flight response that comes in when you're when you have a major trauma like that triggered. And part of that is a surge of adrenaline, a surge of anxiety. All of that comes. And if you don't do anything with that and don't process that, it will spill over one way or the other. Right. And that's the physical element. And that's what it taught us. Now, learning to to harness and cure that is a whole different story, but it made us more aware of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's one of those things too, where again, you can sort of tie back in, well, if this, then that sort of thing. And now this makes more sense uh, because I see I'm physically watching it take place. Yeah. And it was so rapid. It was very rapid and it was very in your face. You can't, you can't ignore that sort of trauma. It's right there. And where we had dealt with so many layers of trauma already, and we had both worked through so much trauma this one just felt like we've got this. We've got this under control. We know how to handle it. We know what to do. This is going to be easy peasy for us. Mm-hmm. Because emotional wounds are so much harder to keep control of yourself than physical wounds, right? Yeah. In some, some sense. Well, A physical I, wound is something that happens to you and it's easier to compartmentalize, I think. But when you become emotionally wounded, you become scrambled. Yeah, you, you got to work on that. Emotional damage. Uh, that was a meme, ladies and gentlemen. I wasn't making fun of anyone. That um, that it it does blow me away. Like it blows me away the amount of chaos that's going on. And it's not even <laughs> it's not it's not even just you know obviously just you, but like as you're dealing with this, as this is this is probably one you know one of the most trying years for you, mm-hmm. and also possibly one of the most comforting years as you're growing exponentially. But at the same time, the world around you is going to shit. Yeah, it feels kind of crazy. I because there's that part of me that wants to separate myself and go. I understood that I grieved. I probably had some complicated grief with my dad dying. And then the, then we rolled right into the pandemic. And then we rolled into 2020, which my whole life is just like imploding, right? So it's three years in a row of massive of my life just being flipped on upside down in one way or the other. And so I had to sit back this year and go is this a joke? Am I being punked? Like what am I at this point? There's no sense in giving it any, like who cares? It's all going to work itself out. It'll be fine. Yep. This will be a rough 10, 15 years in humanity, but we'll learn to adapt. We'll adapt and other and overcome or we won't. And you just have to sit back and accept and do what you can do to shoot for the outcome you hope, but also accept that it's, you can't control other people. That mentality and that ideology is something I try to push on a lot of people, not push on, but instill in. And it's so true. You know, like the world is, you know, it's either we're either going to adapt or we, uh, we won't adapt. You know, it yeah. is what it and is. I believe we're capable of it. I believe when it comes down to individuals and person to person, the vast majority of people, I think, really just want what's best for each other and for themselves. And now I think we're just confused as to how to balance all of that. 
I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And I, you know, I think that we find ourselves in a spot where it, we've never been in before and, and people are applying this to them to their daily lives. Like how am I supposed to handle this, this, and this all as well as, you know, Joe Biden threatening death to all the non-vaccinated Americans, you know, like this, you know, this, it's going to be a cold like, winter. He says. It's, going to be, it's going to be death and pain, you know, and these are, the how did that slip? What? How did they let the, who thought that was a you good idea? You saw that clip, right? You've seen that? Like, I'm not I just talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless of how you feel on anything, how do you feel like it, what speech writer thought it was a good idea for the president of the United States to wish half of the country, regardless of what, how you feel about them, death in a, in a dark winter? Like, okay, way to be a solid leader. Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. And up here in Canada, we've got our prime minister saying that if you're non-vaccinated, you're a misogynistic racist. Uh, he's, he said that on live television. Uh, I just said, don't get it. Like, what are you, what are you hoping to accomplish? What are you hoping to accomplish here? Well, that's, and th- that's what I'm laughing at. I mean, we've got, we've got, you know, division run the gamut. So why, why that's an important topic to what we're talking about here is that the world is divided. The world is, the, the world is being you and me, the individuals, uh, the listeners, everybody enjoying the show right now. We're not divided. We're, we're, we're in unity trying to figure shit out. Um, yeah. We're the, the problem world, solvers. But yeah, the world around us is absolutely divided, right? And we're like our our fearless leaders. We basically we've got these 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 people just hoping that the extremists on both sides go nuts. They just yeah. hope, they're hoping for it. And, and at that, the root of all of that, I think comes down to people really just want to live and be happy. Yeah. And we've been kind of conditioned as a society to not rely on each other, to not burden burden our neighbor. Um, and to hide a lot of things, but then at the same time to expect society to take care of you on the same, you know, and it's just, it's contradicting beliefs of how this should all operate. Absolutely. And And I think there's, there's a middle ground. It's not that hard to get to. I agree with that. And I think, I think what's interesting too, and what a lot of people may still disagree with me on is that what's external is internal as well. So the chaos that that we are face, facing internally, the ones, the one of the ones of us, the one of us is the one of us is the ones of us. <laughs> ones is of us. Use two utes. That two utes. <laughs> you just say utes. What's a ute? Two utes. Um, <laughs> those that are aware, <laughs> those that are aware, see a correlation between the division outside and the battle inside. Myself, yeah. I know you, and I know uh, like a ton of other people, but specifically us two. The will I, won't I, is I, isn't I, battle, should I, shouldn't I, that internal battle, am I, am I not? I mean, uh, we, we, you know, you and I haven't even touched, touched on uh, imposter syndrome, which runs the gamut from somebody who just got started all the way up to, you know, a champion. Um, and imposter syndrome is huge and it cripples people that don't, aren't, that aren't aware that it exists in everyone. Um, yeah, we're, we're no longer valuing each other's experience in any capacity. And this division, this division is an external thing. So I think here's a, here's a huge thing. I, I mean, I got a friend of mine, she's calling me up going in Quebec, one of our provinces, the, the guy, the premier of Quebec just said, we're going to heavily tax the people that are, aren't vaccinated and be like, fuck, good luck collecting that. Right. But what that does is that puts fear into people. Now, if you remove society and people and everybody from the equation and all these stories, and you're, you're left with division of self overcoming challenges certain goals that you want to achieve, certain things that you want to do. And then the world around you is like, this is crappy. This is crappy. That might be better. That might be better. You're actually being guided, I think, in a, in a certain sense to 
get you to where you need to be. Um, I also think that there's very little difference between internal and external. So I mm-hmm. think that once we do overcome certain things internally, they go away externally. Certain desires, like you know, um, uh, one of, I'll use myself as an example here. My biggest my biggest issue was that they shut the gyms down, and in in terms desire to make people healthier, they took away the gyms. Makes uh, sense. So yeah, right. Don't go outside. Don't get that vitamin D. Don't 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 stand in the fresh air. Um, don't go to the gym. Don't exercise. Right? It's ridiculous. Take this vaccine. You'll be safe. Um, that was a huge point of contention for me because I needed the gym. I needed. I needed it. Um, and but so and in needing it, it became an addiction. And so that's not something that I needed as well. Since I'm you know eliminating all addictions from my life. What were you using? What was what were you using the gym to cope with that you weren't processing? Oh, is that what you're saying? Like it, where it became an no, addiction? No, it was an addiction as in like it was out of my control. Like somebody could take it from me and I didn't care for it. The addiction of working out and being physical is 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 one that I've replaced with um uh for all my other vices. Like when I give up drinking, smoking, okay, uh, cigarettes. So that is your processing. Yeah. And I just, I switched it all to um, the gym and, and working on getting healthy, but that's not, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, uh, I got to go all the time. It was like, this is, you know, this is my release now. This is my enjoyable release. Uh, and that's what it was. And so that being taken from me was like really annoying and it was gradual too. And it wasn't just the gym closures because when this all went down, what had happened again, when I, when I changed my lifestyle, I picked up physical fitness, physical activity, reconnected with it from, from like 20 years since I was a kid. And then, um, my, my, uh, gallbladder, gallstones, kidney stones, gallstones. My gallbladder exploded and almost killed me. And then I couldn't, I wasn't supposed to move for, um, six weeks, six to eight weeks. So I couldn't do that. And then there was the first round of shutdowns, which had me, you know, being more outside first round of shutdowns at the gym. And then we went back to the gym and then the second round, which was like, then the non-vaxxed got kicked out. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm still non-vaxxed and proud of it. And that's not me instilling anything. It's just that I'm just not down with tyranny. So my, my battle to physical fitness is, is a consecutive one. It's, it's a, the mud holes that have stopped me from getting to where I need to be have brought me to a position where the gym now, I built one in my garage. So it's minus 20 over here in Canada and I'm wearing a sweater and gloves and I'm still doing everything in the gym. And you get that, that, that um, greater sense of achievement when you know yeah. that you've sort of positioned it yourself and, and you're no longer beholden to anyone else in that scenario. You um, took control of your life. Exactly. And that yeah, was the so. purpose. So the purpose wasn't just you know getting rid of the bad shit and putting some good shit in. The purpose was being able to be completely self-sufficient. And helping yeah. those that 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 need it. So, like anyone that's in the area that wants to work out, you're welcome to come over. You know, so we can help people. We can help everybody get through it. Just like you said, society is going to deal with it, and they're going to overcome it, or they won't. Right. So, yeah, some of no, us are going to no end up. Other options, you know. And the way I look at this, too, personally, the way I look at this is this is this is you know, if you want to get biblical again, which you don't, but I often do. Um, <laughs> And again, it's not a religious thing, but this to me is more than likely the rapture. This experience is the rapture. We're seeing a massive division, a massive division of people that want to live in fear, that are living in fear, our close friends, our family that are choosing to live in fear while we're sitting back going, this doesn't make any sense. And when we have these thoughts, we're like, well, what else is there? What else can I do? 
who can I become in the process of understanding sort of the situation scenario that we're in? Uh, I don't want to live in fear and I'm not going to live in fear. And these guys telling us, again, Joe Biden telling us to, you know, some of you are going to die and some of you are going to have a great winter, you know, like uh, Premier uh, Prime Minister of Canada. If you're anti-vaxxer, you're a racist misogynist. You hate women and you and you hate races. Um, like to me, it's just at what point does that go away? I think that goes away when we when we accept that the journey that it's putting us on. <sighs> yeah, and I and for me, as far as the what I think the journey is teaching us is, I think we've as cliche as it sounds, and I kind of hate I hate myself, and I get where I sound like a preacher in this area. But I think we have developed as a society a really convoluted idea of what love is. Um, a very convoluted, an enabling idea, a destructive idea of what love is. Our expectations of people who love us versus, as well as our, our idea of what people should tolerate because of love. Right. And I think that this is... This whole thing is orchestrated to guide us to understanding a healthy, balanced love that is neither enabling nor condescending, right? It's somewhere in the balance where we can understand each other and we can understand why why we think the way that we do, understand the experiences that helped one another develop our code of ethics. And the more we can learn to understand each other, the more we can learn to accept the good things that we have to offer and kind of not necessarily pretend that the bad don't doesn't exist, but realize that that you, you give too much weight to the bad and that's what you're going to bring out of people. And so it's finding for me, this is all guiding us to a more balanced and healthy understanding of love as a community. What do you think about that all being said towards internal self? I think that's that's the biggest problem. Is as soon as you can love yourself, you see how you're perceived. Mm-hmm. You see how you impact other people. You under if you understand yourself fully, you're able to then and understand yourself in a way that you don't enable yourself and excuse yourself. Right. And excuse shitty choices because, oh, I went through this and so it makes sense. Validation, having valid emotions is not justification for shitty behavior. Agreed. You can have emotion, your emotions and your thought process can be completely valid and make sense. But if you cross it over into behavior, that's on you. And I think once you guide yourself to understanding your emotional thought processes, you then understand your behavioral ones better as well. And when you can understand your behavioral thought processes, um, you can help harness that with other people. But it all starts with understanding yourself. If you don't, like for me, for example, um, I was so desperate to help people. (laughs) My little sister said this to me. You understand mental, I understand mental health on so many levels, but I'm not tolerant to people. I wasn't being tolerant to people who are mentally ill. And so I'd I'd guide them through start to finish, but not realize that they weren't ready to go from start to finish. They were ready to go from square one to square two. And that's where we need to slow ourselves down and realize just because you understand something doesn't mean the other person that you're talking to is following your intention, your heart, and what you're meaning. 
They're watching you from their level of understanding for sure. Yeah. And if you understand yourself well, you can pick up when they're not understanding you and you can adjust your angle and adjust your sights. Do you think it's better as somebody who's a healer to work on someone who doesn't understand you and so that you change the way you pitch or speak to help the person that doesn't understand you? Or is it best to help that person find somebody who they can understand while you attempt to connect better with somebody who does? And do you think that it is mandatory, not mandatory, but do you think it's that's a word I should stop using because I mean, they keep mandating everything. <laughs> do, you, do you think that by helping them or by helping them understand or by getting to a spot that you're more helping yourself in the process? Oh, absolutely. I think the contrast is necessary. So I'll use our working relationship as an example. Sure. You don't align on everything, but because you are so confident and you believe, and I've told you this, and you know what you believe and you're, you're firm there, it's forced me to expand my perspective to understand why you believe what you believe. That's Whether beautiful. or not I agree with it right. doesn't matter. But it also made pushed me as a person to go, I don't agree with him. And I think he's kind of psychotic when it comes to this issue. I'm just teasing. But, oh, I'm the crazy one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a lunatic. But because that lunacy, it pushed me outside of my own perspective. Yeah. And I, and I, I was like, he's brilliant too, because he, you push your own mindset so much that you have to, you pushed mine. Mm -hmm. And if you find someone that aligns with you, they're not going to push your mindset. You need to find somebody that doesn't, there's, there's a balance there, right? Too much friction. And then there's an implosion, right? Enough friction. You create power, but friction, I believe is necessary. So our relationship is over. I can talk science. I like science words. Well, it make, makes sense. You got to trust the science. Don't question the science because questioning the science isn't science. Just trust it. <laughs> trust science and do nothing. So I believe if you're going to get a mentor, if you're going to hire a mentor of, of any any capacity, you need to have someone who's going to push you outside of your mindset. Otherwise, it's a waste, it's a waste of money and waste of time. Yeah. If you're like, just looking for an echo chamber, why hire a yes man? Yeah, exactly. Why hire anybody? Yeah, and I you know I'm 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 100 on that page. And the thing you know with regards to my firmness is. There are things that I 100% believe in. And because I absolutely believe in those things, then I'm open to being able to, to see, hey, like you said, the best thing you could do is don't call somebody crazy. Figure out how they got there. You, like, go find the craziest person you know, ladies and gentlemen, and start asking them questions about how they got there or why they think what they think. Because we're so- They may not be as crazy as you think. Yeah. We're so lost in the idea that we are right all the time. And anyone that doesn't agree with us, is crazy. This works. Think of this as a highway analogy, right? It doesn't matter what speed you're traveling on the highway. It doesn't matter. If anyone's going slower than you, they're an asshole. And if anyone's going faster than you, they're a maniac. So how is it that you've picked the perfect speed for the highway and everybody else is a piece of shit, right? (laughs) Doesn't work that way, but that's how we play it in our head. That guy's a maniac. He's going way faster than me. That guy's an asshole. He's going way slower than me. Right. And that's the thing. So that's life, right? Anyone that's thinking something that's a little bit different than you, they're either a maniac or they're an asshole. But why? How did they get there? We all started in the same place, you know, and we've all been told the same stories. It's the stories that we're told that we accept to be true and we plant firmly in our, in our psyche. Those are the ones that define how far we can go and what we can do. And until we can test those and challenge those and push those and make ourselves a better version of ourselves through struggle, triumph, strife, 
all that sort of shit. Um, you know, who are we to even point the finger and judge? You know, right? If we can't put yourself outside out, of your mindset, yeah, hundred percent. I know you got to get going. Um, and I, you know, we're going to have you back on the show next January. Mark it down right now. Three years in. A yearly thing. That's right. <laughs> but um, yeah, I and mean, we've already talked about sort of, you know, what what it is that uh, that you're doing and, and, and what they're doing. I'm interested, I guess, in, in, you know, what you would say to a younger version of yourself at her worst right now. This is your jet fuel, baby. <laughs> what a rock star of an answer, because it's true. It's all the shit that you live with and all the shit that you go through is what fuels you to be the higher, powerful, more, more intrinsic version of yourself. And it's that Absolutely. shit. You just, you just have to learn to harness it. And that's not an easy process. And it's not an easy process. There's no two ways about it. No. And if anybody's pretending it was an easy process, then they actually have not gone through it. Mm, dark night of the soul. There's a few of them that come our way. Yep. Uh, I want to let everybody know, uh, guys, uh, go ahead. You can find Amber over at the garage therapy podcast on Instagram. Uh, the website yep. is up and being built. Uh, so there will be a place to go there as well. Uh, the podcast is fantastic. Garage therapy podcast available on all platforms. Um, episode 17 about to drop. And you're just getting started. You like you've barely even scratched the surface of your own true potential. Uh, so you're going to be a really exciting show to watch uh, in the coming months, years. Uh, there's going to be some great stuff coming out of your camp. That is 100% for sure. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me back. This is really fun. Awesome. Great praise. And you sounded a lot more confident than the first time we went at it. So that was good. Oh, yeah. Let's not you're, talk about that. Good. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, go ahead and listen to episode 123 with Amber. Her first story was great. She got into a fight with Pink. The whole thing was nuts. Uh, yeah, the, the recording artist Pink. And uh, this is the episode that we've got now. And I think that, you know, in leaps and bounds, she's come. I'm really happy to have you back on the show. I'm really happy to be working with you. I am. Uh, it's just been, it's great to have you back uh, as the first guest of the year. And honestly, we joke, but I want to have you back next year as the first guest of the year as well. Uh, I think you Absolutely. deserve it. I think you're going places. Uh, and I look forward to uh, coming on your show one of these days. Absolutely. Well, let's have it. Let's get it done. Excellent. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, in the infamous words of Red Green, keep your stick on the ice. Thank you for listening to today's Mental Mastery Alliance podcast. Let the team know you're listening by using the hashtag MMA and Mental Mastery Alliance. Want more motivation? Be sure to follow online on Instagram at Mental Mastery Alliance and on Facebook at Mental Mastery Alliance. And remember, your perception creates your reality. Make it a great day. You got it, Pontiac.